Thanks for listening to the Highlands Message Podcast. Whether you're new to Highlands and are listening for the first time or you want to hear a past message again, welcome. Our heart at Highlands is to lead you into a growing relationship with Jesus so you can have a life full of purpose as you grow in your faith and lead others to Jesus. We hope you enjoy and are inspired by the latest message from one of our communicators. Hey, good morning, everyone. How are you? It's great to hear. Hey, <clears throat> you enjoying the series? Yeah, it takes all that kind of excuses out of life, hasn't it? I've found myself uh, excusing myself because it's insignificant or small or any of that, and then I remember the things that I've preached and going, oh, man, that's annoying. Sometimes, you know, oh, right, that's right, God can do this. God, I don't have to be perfect. I don't have to be big enough. I don't have to fix all this and do everything in my own power that God is capable. So hopefully that's been a good reminder for you in your weeks and your, those moments where you're kind of going, hey, what am I going to do? And you just remember going, that's right, maybe it's not my battle to fight, but this battle belongs to the Lord. That's, I just do the little bit. I'd be faithful with what I've been given and watch God do what he can do. Uh, which is exciting. And this morning, I want to start with this and kind of base today's message on one of my favorite stories, actually, in the Old Testament, uh, that we see God turning something really small and insignificant and stretching it out and making it quite big uh, and powerful. Uh, And it's a big challenge to me, and therefore, I get to share that with you. (laughs) Uh, You're welcome. But let's have a look. It's in 2 Kings chapter 4. It says, the wife of a man from the, um, from the company of the prophets cried out to Elisha, your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that he, is, he, has, uh, he revered the Lord. But now his creditor is coming to take my two boys as his slaves. Elisha replied to her, well, how can I help you? It's a very Jesus-y kind of question, wasn't it? Because he is pointing towards what Jesus will be like anyway. Well, how can I help you? Tell me what you have in your house. Your servant has nothing there at all, she said, except a small jar of olive oil. Elisha said, well, go around and ask all your neighbors for empty jars. Don't ask for just a few. Then go inside and shut the door behind you and your sons. Pour oil into all the jars, and as each is filled, put it to one side. She left him and shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought the jars to her, and she kept pouring. When all the jars were full, she said to her son, well, bring me another one. But he replied, "Uh, there is not a jar left. Then the oil stopped flowing. She went and told the man of God, and he said, go, sell the oil and pay your debts. You and your sons can live on what is left. I love this story. And for us today, as Christians today, we, we have this confidence that God can provide in areas that we need help that God is still the God of miracles, that he can turn something small and make it into something big. Come on, we still have faith that God is in the business of the miraculous, yeah? Is that this is, this is the faith that we have, this is the confidence we have. We look at what he has done, we understand what he is doing, that we can have this confidence that God is the God of the miraculous. That is who he is. It's not an option, it's not, well, that's nice for some people and you know what, he picks his favourites and I've gone through all of these emotions plenty of times. Oh, come on, God, I've seen you do it there, but do you have something against the Camerons right now? <laughs> What's going on? No, but God is the God of the miraculous and that we stand firm on that, that he is the God of the big. He is the God that can move mountains, he can turn a little jar of oil and stretch it out. Oh, my wife and I had a similar kind of, well, I like to think it's exactly the same. 
little miracle. We moved into a house with an oil heater. They said, she ran, uh, the person before us ran it bone dry. And we went, oh, bummer, we don't have any money for it. So we just kept turning it on in faith and it, it ran for years. I'm like, <laughs> we tap on the, the container and it's empty and we're just going, well, I've heard this story in the Bible before, don't look. Just in faith, it's full. <laughs> and it went for years. <laughs> we're there going, oh, we've got a little miracle oil. I'm like, the widow and Doug, come on, we're in it. We've got faith for this, but I don't know. It's all funny, but little miracles are still miracles, yeah? When God provides, it doesn't matter if it's small or it's big. When God steps out of heaven and into our world, that is just worth celebrating. It's worth sharing. It's worth praising God about. It's worth laughing about, going, why did he do it? I don't know. But I know that faith moves mountains and it fills oil containers, yeah? But his job, his is the miracle and ours is to have the faith. And that's really it. <clears throat> Those are the times that, that I've struggled with going, well, why isn't God doing what I've told him to do? Or I followed A, B, C, therefore his role is to, that's the end of the equation, isn't it? I did this, therefore now he has to do that. Whereas I've come back to going, well, my job is just to have faith. That's it. The miracle is in his hands. Where else do I go in those times where I've considered going, well, it, he's not working like I thought he should. If I do a performance review on Jesus, sometimes I've got, there's room for improvement. I don't know anyone else. You go, well, I would have assumed you do this and this and this, but you didn't. What's going on? And I come back to the whole, well, there is nowhere else where there is hope for a miracle. I've got plenty of requests going on in my family at the moment and the, we keep, the frustration brings us back to going, well, where else is the power of eternal life? Where else is there hope for a miracle? There is 0% hope anywhere outside of Jesus and I know that he's done it before and we're gonna see him do it again. Our job is to have the faith. His job is to do the miracle. His timeline often looks different to mine. His results often look different to mine, but I can stand firm on knowing that he's the God of the miraculous and I'm gonna be a man of faith. Because he can make the small, the insignificant, the immovable, make it into something large. He can get the, these obstacles out of our way. See, the widow doesn't have a little magic jar of oil here. She doesn't have the ability to stretch these materials and make it last a long time. She's in great need, but she can believe that God will do what has been promised. And this is where we need to sit, church, that we believe, that we act on this belief of what God will do what he's promised that he will do. The widow really acted in faith from start to end. She asked, she acted, she celebrated, all in faith. And this is quite often the journey of faith in really any area that we, that we have. The journey of faith that we all go on, we, the, the journey of faith usually, I'd say nearly every time, starts with asking and then acting based on what you're believing for, what God has said, we act on it. It's not crossing our fingers wishing, no, we act, that's what faith is. And then faith completes or it continues in celebration. I want to look at how she's done that today. We see James 4, verse 2, James tells us, it says, you do not have because you do not ask God. Now, this widow is in a horrible kind of situation, as you reckon, had no means for escape on her own, but she at least had faith to ask. And I wonder how much we miss out on God intervening and moving in our life because we don't get to the point of asking. 
that we forget to ask. Maybe it's in doubt, going, what's the point of asking? You didn't do the last one, why will he do the next one? I've been there plenty of times. As I said, my monthly performance review sometimes, I go, well, he let me down there, or it didn't turn out the way I thought it would look there. And so we have doubt, and we wrestle with this, that we lose faith sometimes, don't we? It's all right to have doubt. We don't stop there. We push through with faith. Maybe it's we just forget to ask, you know, you get busy. And God just kind of moves to the, the sidelines. We forget to ask, but quite often I think it's that we just try to tackle it ourselves. And going, God, if you're around, sure, jump in and grab hold of the wheel, but right now I'm going to try to fix this myself. And often because of the culture we live in, the society we're in, we're actually able to, to do quite a lot of things now compared to back then. And so we, we tend to become our own Lord. We, we have our own means. We have our own bank accounts. We have our own ways of doing stuff. So look and go, well, that life would have been awful. But man, the benefit that she had over what many of us have is that she only had God and nothing else. And that's the moment she realized I have more than I need. I wonder what we miss because we forget to ask. We don't find it relevant to ask, whatever the reason is. But this widow went to Elisha and asked. Elisha redirected her to God and she had that anticipation to ask (coughs) for what she needs. So I don't know what you've got going on in your life in all these different areas, but I want to encourage you this morning to start with, don't give up on your ask. Don't give up on on that going, well, I I, I I don't have to ask. Surely he knows everything that's going on anyway. Yes, he does, but you read Jesus, like, it was quite obvious. He asked a lot of obvious questions, didn't he? A blind man calls out, well, what can I do for you? You're like, really, Jesus? What can you do for the blind man? The lepers come out and go, Jesus, Jesus, and then, what can I do for you? You're like, really? But what the, the idea was going, what do you have faith to ask for? Because he could say, oh, just, I feel lonely. Well, then, I'll, okay, I'll come and if you've got faith for that, I'll help you with that. Uh, I've got a sore arm. It's like, well, yeah, you do, but you're also blind. What do you have faith for? Yeah. Oh, well, there's a scale, isn't there? There's a big thing and there's a little thing. Let's start with the little thing. But to a big God, everything is a little thing. That yeah, he keeps asking these questions to see what do you have faith to ask for. And so I just want to encourage you, don't give up on your asks. Don't give up on bringing things before God. When we pray on a Sunday, don't just stand back and go, I can't think of anything. No, come on, come prepared going, I've got an ask that I need God to move on my behalf for, that I can't fulfill on my own, that I can't see breakthrough for those people. I need to see a miracle in this area and these people's lives. And if there are people in this church struggling with any kind of sickness and anxiety or or family drama, I'm gonna ask God to move in their behalf because I'm not neglecting my ask. I'm not minimizing what I'm asking God for. I have faith to ask for big things because I know who I'm asking to. Come on, church, let's not neglect, let's not shrink back on what we ask God for. Off the back of that, this widow then acted. I love this because that is what I see faith as. When, when she asked what she had, most of us would have likely said nothing and then left it there, Yeah? Like when, you, when you're in a dire situation, if you were in her situation and you've just got a jar of oil at home and someone asks you, what do you have that could save you? Your first thought isn't, oh, I've got a little jar of olive oil, is it? You just go, nothing. 
It's like a child with half a fridge full of food. Go get something from the fridge. You're like, there's nothing there. We all do this too, going, what are we having for dinner? We don't have anything as we sift through everything in our cupboard. What am I going to wear? I don't have anything. As we ridicule our cupboard full of clothes. Like, we do it with an abundance. This woman just has one little thing that can't save her, and yet she still sees going, hang on, I know that it's not valuable in my hands, but perhaps God could do something great with it. I overlook the value of what God's placed in my hands constantly. I don't have enough. I don't have what it takes. I am not skilled enough. I don't talk well enough. I can't do this well enough, and I can't do... So I just say, look, I've got nothing to give. Rather than look and go, well, I have maybe just some little jar of olive oil in me. You know, something that I don't see is valuable, something inconsequential, I've been saying it for a while, but see, faith acts with whatever it has. That's what faith is. Faith is belief in action. It is not just positive opinions. It is not just wishing. I think so many of us have minimized our faith to being something that is internal, but faith is a verb. It is a doing word. It is an action-based belief. Faith is confidence to the point that you act on it. Otherwise, it is just a positive opinion towards God. Sure, I believe that God could do miracles if he wants, and yet we don't put the action associated with it. We don't go and pray for it. When we're believing for it for ourselves, we go, well, God, I just hope you do something in my life rather than testing it. Oh, God, well, if you want to intervene in my finances, you know my bank account number. (laughs) You've seen my internet password, go for it. Rather than believing that, hang on, when I have faith and I sow into the kingdom and I I do things and, and I use it as a steward that God's given me to steward it, I believe that he can perform the miraculous in this area. Come on, it is a confidence in God that is led into action not just positive thoughts. And too often I think we hold back because we don't think, yeah, what we've got is enough. We don't think our gifts are good enough. We don't think that our resources, we often go, I don't have enough. God seems to be doing okay. What does he need this for? So I'll hold it on because I'm not really sure that he is my provider. See, I can see the 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 belief based off the action. I can see the faith based off the action. And can I just remind us that no action is still a choice. No action still very much is an action and it still very much reveals our faith in God. No prayer shows our faith in God and where it's at. No action shows where our faith is at. See, as I said, the miracle, the provision, the, 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 the work is in God's hand. The faith is in ours. And these things are revealed in what we do. James even says, like, faith without works is well, it's dead. That's rough, isn't it? But he's putting a point across there going, well, faith without action is really just kind of wishful thinking. It's just internal belief. It's, uh, it's a, a heavenly agreement that hasn't outworked in any way. And so I think too often we hold back because we think what we've got is too small. It's just a little jar of oil. And our our faith tends to not be so much action as it is just passive wishing. See, I'm reminded of the miracles of Jesus feeding the, the thousands a couple of times. You, you know these stories? There's a crowd of thousands of people and 
He says, well, you go feed them. And the disciples go, I don't have anything. And, and someone has the audacity to go, hey, I have some fish and bread. Now, who in the world would think that's the solution to feeding thousands of people? That's what I come back to and going, imagine being the one that you've got a crowd full of people or you've got a party at home and someone forgot to order the food. <clears throat> and you go, how are we going to feed all these people? And someone goes, well, I have a Happy Meal. <laughs> you would be going, that's not helpful. Unless it's been offered sarcastically, whoever came up with this solution must have known, if I put something small in the hands of God, anything can happen. I have faith enough to act on it, going, not, not just going, well, this is inconsequential, I may as well get a feed out of it. You know, I don't have enough. God, you can, you can make fish do whatever they want. They can just jump out at you. You can make bread out of the rocks. I don't care. You've, you do what you want. I'm going to make sure I'm fed. It tends to be where I, well, I lean quite regularly until I get challenged by the Holy Spirit. But someone had the audacity to think that their little snack pack was going to feed thousands. Knowing that if I just put something in the hands of God, He can do something with it because my faith is in action. I'm giving God something to be able to do a miracle with. See, Jesus shows here that a lot can be done with a little when it's given in faith. And the person who, I love this point, the person who gives didn't miss out. And we often have this opinion of going, if I give to God, I, I go backwards. But no, no, if you give to God, he, sure, He blesses a lot of people and makes a difference in the world, but he doesn't, you don't miss out on that. The little boy who offered his snack pack did not go hungry that day. I would say he went home bloated. <laughs> he had a lot of fish and chips, yeah? But the other great faith factor for this widow is that she prepared room for the miracle. See, her faith can be measured by the number of containers, the number of jars she collected in response to Elisha's instruction. Her faith could be, this is one of the rare times where you can directly measure their faith. I'm going, how far do you think God will stretch this? How far do you think God will take this? So you don't collect extra jars unless you anticipate an overflow. In the story before this, in, in 2 Kings chapter 3, they, God told the people, go dig ditches and I'll fill it with water. So you don't dig ditches unless you think God will fill the desert with water. And you don't collect jars. You don't collect a lot of them unless you think God will provide an overflow. You can see the level of her faith, yeah? And it's that anticipation, that action that really set her apart from, from most of us. Is that she anticipated that God would do something. Not like, well, we'll get one or two jars and just see if, if it can stretch and then quickly go run out and get more. But they got as many as they could knowing that if God's going to do a miracle, he's going to do a miracle, yeah? He's going to provide because he can provide. Let me ask you a question. What would have happened if they found another jar? What would have happened if they found another 50? Come on, what do you think? What, what do you have faith for? I reckon God would have filled the rest too. If they had found another one hidden in the cupboard, I think you'd find that God would have filled that one as well. What happens if they found another 100 of them? What about another million of them? You go, well, that's a, that's a lot. That might be overdoing it. Well, I don't think God's got a short supply of olive oil. He would have filled every single thing that she had faith for him to fill. 
Because that is what God does. He is in the business of filling things that we give Him to fill. He is in the business of, of intervening in the areas that we have faith for Him to intervene in. Come on, He moves in our life in those areas that we, we present to Him in faith, going, God, I need you to come in. I need to be transformed in this area. Here's an area of my life I want to submit. I want to lay down. God, I need you involved here because He fills everything that we give Him to fill. Now, for you, I don't know what jars you might be leaving aside. But here's the thing is that God did not fill a single jar that wasn't presented to him. He didn't fill the ones that were just trapped around the corner that they forgot about, didn't fill the, the ugly, brown, dirty ones that they thought wasn't worth it, didn't fill the nice, fancy ones that they were hiding, going, this is not olive oil containers. <coughs> but he filled everything that was pre presented. Come on, I want you to think about this. What are some things that you might be segmenting your, your relationship with God in? Some things that you're going, well, God, I'd love you to be involved in this, but I don't ever talk about this. I, I have faith in these areas, but I don't want these areas to change. I don't want you to get involved there because I might have to do something a bit different. What are, those, what are those things that we might be withholding and segmenting God's involvement? Perhaps we, have, we, we offer a portion of our time, but maybe you don't have faith for your family. You know, that's a jar that you're not intentionally handing over to God to fill. Do you have faith for God's involvement in friends and families that don't know Jesus yet? Hold faith that acts in prayer, faith that acts in the invitation, faith that acts in, in the investment into other people to know that, come on, if I just sow more time, if I sow more love and more care into people, come on, God can take that and do something miraculous with it. Or maybe we, we withheld the resources that God has, has for us to steward. Or maybe you have faith for that area and that's fantastic that you're going, you know what, no, God is my provider that I can faithfully give, I can faithfully use whatever it I have for the benefit of the kingdom of God. And we give these things and we hand them over to God intentionally. Not just a giving passive or what I would deem for my own life, lazy permission. You know, I, I do this with God. You go, well, God, yeah, sure, jump in, go for it. Like, you, you've got open slather. If you can benefit any area of my life, you go for it. But I'm not really intentional in, in presenting or providing it for God or praying into it. You know, I read the book, um, a couple of books all around family discipleship this year. And uh, one, of the, one of the ideas in it was try to take just everyday normal moments to uh, connect what is happening with the gospel for your family. And so now my kids are just reaping the reward of that chapter in the sense of the movie gets paused and I go, you know what, that scene is just like what Jesus did for us. And they're like, huh, how's Iron Man work like Jesus? How's Lion King work out like Jesus? I get to explain the gospel and pause it and go, no, no, I'm not just going, well, God, I hope that you, you can kind of do whatever you want with my kids, but I'm going, no, God, I'm going to intentionally sow in. I'm going to intentionally offer this jar for you to continually speak the gospel through. You know, they have a game of soccer and I go, come on, you know what? This is what Jesus would have done. This is, this is how the gospel works into the game that you just had. You know how when you helped that kid up who fell over, that's just like Jesus, good on you, mate. And I'm just sowing the gospel consistently, not passively standing back saying, God, well, I hope you move in my family while I'm over here on Netflix. But it's going, I'm offering this jar saying, Jesus, take these simple random metaphors and do something powerful in it. 
I'm not passively waiting back and saying, well, God, if, if you can fill my bank account, then I'll be generous. But I go, oh, no, no, I'm going to give knowing that, that he is my provider, that he can make this stretch to do whatever he wants. If he can turn fish and bread to feed thousands, he can take my small little gift and see the city saved. And he's, I'm not going to be left out from that. Oh, someone that, that I'm not just hoping that gets miracles in the end, but someone who goes, well, if God said lay hands on the sick and they'll recover, I'm going to have faith to lay hands on the sick and watch them recover. Come on, we're not just being passive believers here, church. That faith is a confidence that is belief in action. That I'm offering intentionally my jars for God to fill, not just giving passive permission, but actively, intentionally involving Him in areas of our life. And See, here we see that God, provi- uh, God provided oil enough to fill every jar that was provided. Every jar that was handed over for him to fill was filled because our God is in the business of filling what he's given. He filled every jar that was provided. He, he filled every ditch in the chapter before that was dug. I just want to wonder, what are those areas that we've segmented away from him? And perhaps it's time to offer them over again intentionally, not passively, but really intentionally. I'm going to pray for this. I want to start there. I want to pray for my workplace. I want to pray for my family. I want to start there. I'm going to invite these people into my life just a little bit more. I'm going to, I'm going to carve out some time that I might sow and invest into other people and I could see discipleship become a part of just who I am. And I'm going to believe God for, for greater things. See, I wonder what church would... I wonder what church could look like and what God might do through a people who had their faith in action. See, God, what he could do through people who anticipated miracles, who made room for them, who anticipated other people saying yes to our invitations. What could God do through a people who had confidence that Jesus still saves, that he still brings breakthrough, that he still provides. See, Isaiah 59 verse 1, I love this. I even love the wording of it. It says, Surely the arm of the Lord is not too short to save, nor his ear too dull to hear. Come on, church. Our Lord is not as incapable as sometimes we treat him. His His arm is not too short to reach out and intervene in our world. His hearing isn't bad. I know sometimes well, we've been in prayer meetings where people are shouting and thinking that God might be deaf, but that's his passion, yeah? And he can hear even the smallest of prayers, the smallest bit of faith. Our God is, is far more capable than often we treat him. So I think that we should be people who let God into every area of our life that we can. And I want you to start identifying some of those things that you might have segmented out, that you don't have faith to act in and go, God, I really want, I want your involvement there, but it, it, I'm, I'm worried. I'm scared, I don't know where to start. And start in prayer. Start with, with a little, because it's a little that God does a lot with. See, uh, we keep going with the story of this widow. When God had provided, the widow then brought a report to Elisha, at least Elisha that we know of. Seriously, I would have told everybody. And it probably went to Elisha first and then went to everybody else, yeah? Going, you won't guess what happened. <laughs> You've seen Aladdin? It's not a genie that came out, it's just oil. But here she goes, is celebrating. And uh, this is something I don't think that we should skip church. I think that this is something our, our society in general is, is weakening in, is this celebration, this, this praising, this being thankful, the testimony and sharing of God's goodness in our life. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 says this, Rejoice always, <coughs> pray continually, <coughs> and give thanks in all circumstances, for this 
is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. See, Paul knew that the church needed a reminding in this area. Even then, that they needed a reminding. Come on, let's be people who are rejoicing. This is why I'm constantly trying to get you to praise God. Let's clap, let's clap our hands. Come on, let's sing together. Let's, let's declare God's goodness. Let's pray together. Let's praise God, all these things, because this isn't just a suggestion. Paul is saying to the church here, this is God's will for you. That takes my feelings out of the equation. <laughs> my caffeine level, my song preference, and my general mood does not determine whether God is worthy of praise. Now I get, sometimes I go, I don't really like this song. You go, well, thank goodness it's not about me. And God deserves the praise, so who gives a rip what I feel? Jesus, thank you so much. I go through my, my days and go, oh, I'm not feeling it. I'm feeling tired. Maybe, God, I'll be thankful after a coffee, but come on, like he, he still deserves our praise and our thanksgiving before the cafe. I love this as well because Paul is here addressing a couple of different things. The first two verses, the first two occurrences have got to do with time, and the third one has to do with situation or circumstance. Rejoice always, pray continually. <clears throat> what was the third one? Sorry. <laughs> Give thanks in all circumstances. So at any time, no matter what is going on, we're people of joy who know what God has done and is saying to us. Come on, we should be people who aim, you and I, to be people who aim to give a report and be able to give a report at any time. At any time good and bad, in any circumstance that we can be thankful. Imagine if that's what we were known for, church. Imagine if that's what you and I were, that's one of the things, that's the, the, the thumbprint of God on our life that people go, oh, I don't know too much about them, but I just know that they are joyful no matter what's going on. Now, I've always had an issue with like mourning people, something God has spoken to me about. You know, some people wake up in the morning and they're whistling, you're just going, come on, mate. <laughs> oh, that's what I aim to get to of going, maybe I'm not a morning whistler, but I'm someone who goes, thank God you've given me another day. That you're still here, you're still good. That you're still doing something in my life. No matter when and no matter what is going on, come on, church, let's be people of joy. Let's be people who can bring a report, who know what God has done in our lives and what he is saying to us. And I come back to ultimately my salvation in Jesus Christ, my hope for today and my hope for tomorrow. That is good enough for me to rest on and go, I'm being thankful today. You know, I've got a good report to share because of what God has done in my life. And maybe, maybe he hasn't done a party trick in the recent history, but I know that he is so good that my future, my eternity is assured in him. I've got a report to bring. I love this. Romans chapter one, verse 16 says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel. You know, the good news of Jesus and what he has done for me. That's the gospel. It's the good news. It's, it's that Jesus has saved me. I'm not ashamed of that because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. Come on, we've got to be not ashamed to celebrate, not ashamed of the good news, not ashamed to bring a report going, come on, God has done something miraculous in me, something I never deserved, that I am saved by grace and through faith. Come on, how good is this gospel? 
I'm not ashamed of it. And we get to this place where you go, you know what? I have a report to share. I have a report to bring that I, I, when I was down in the dumps, I know that God still loved me. And he said, come on, I'm going to get you through this. That I know that in this situation, I saw God deliver us. That I've got a friend who was healed miraculously. I have a report to bring, church. Come on, let's be people who at any point we can call on the things that we have a report for. I had faith, as small as a mustard seed, and God still, He still did what only He could do. I didn't deserve it. Lowly old sinner Doug, all of a sudden Jesus saw and loved. He sent His only Son to die for me. Come on, I have a report. But now I have this relationship with God, the living God, not just, not just far out there, but intimately and personally. We have a report that we can bring. Let's be celebrators. Come on, let's turn clapping into our love language again, church. Let's turn to celebrating and cheering and singing. It doesn't say bring a delightful sound to the Lord. It just says make a joyful sound. I'm not a singer. That's fine. Not in tune, just joyful. Do it with a smile. Torture your neighbours with a smile. See, I'm not sure what jars that you might have for God to fill, but or what situation you find yourself in right now, the feelings that are likely leading all your decisions. But no matter what, I know that our God is faithful to do exceedingly and abundantly more than we could ever ask or think. And so now is the time to believe God again. Now is the time to believe God can, can do what He promised He's going to do. Now is the time for you to, to have faith that has an action attached to it. Not just passive wishing, but going, God, I'm going to intentionally involve you in things. I'm going to start by praying for people. I'm going to start praying for situations. I'm not just going to give you a, a blanket permission, but I'm going to be intentional in involving you. And I'm going to offer these things in, into you, these areas of my life that I know need changing. Lord, I'm going to, to let you speak to that. That I'm going to ask, not give up on it. I'm going to act and I'm not going to give up on it. I'm going to find things to celebrate because what you've already done is worth it and I believe that what's coming is even better. Come on, church, we remember, let's, let's remember that God didn't fill the jars that were not provided, but He is faithful with those things that we are faith-filled in giving to Him. And well, let me pray for you, hey? Father, I thank You that You are a loving God that you are able to do exceedingly and abundantly more than we could ever ask or think. <coughs> Lord, we just, we come to you this morning, Lord, open-handed, knowing that you are Lord and we are not, that you are capable of the miraculous and ours is just our faith in it. Also help us in these areas of our life that we might have hidden away or just not even thought to bring towards you. Lord, that you might speak into it, that you might breathe on our, those parts of our life again and bring that, that anointing, that Spirit of God in, into it. Lord, that it be transformed in the name of Jesus. Lord, that our lives would be transformed to look more like you, Jesus. Lord, help us in those areas that we struggle with faith. Lord, that we believe but help our unbelief, Lord, as the Bible says. And we want to be growing in this because we know that it's just... Even faith the size of a mustard seed, Lord, you can move mountains, you can do great things. Lord, we don't want to withhold. We don't want to miss out on what you want to do in us and through us. So help us in our faith. 
Help us continue to grow, Lord. Lord, that we become the people you created us to be. Now, as we're in this moment of worship, I don't know if you have ever asked God into your life before. That really is where this all begins. Of saying yes to Jesus, saying, Lord, I want to follow you. Maybe turn away from a few things that I've chosen to follow and and decide I, I want to get to know you, God. For me personally, doesn't matter about what your parents believed or what family or friends or people around you believe, but, but for you to have that personal, intentional relationship with Jesus yourself, get to know Him yourself, that is when transformation happens. That is when the miracle happens. That is when, when God intervenes in your life, not just the lives of those around you. And I want to give you that opportunity this morning to say yes to God. Come into my life. I want to go the way that you're taking me. And if that's you this morning, I just want to pray for you. I'm not going to call you out the front or anything, but what I do want to see is just an outward sign of the inward decision. Faith always has an action. And so how we do that here in this place, if you just raise your hand in the air as a sign of saying, God, I want to know you. I'm going to, I just want to pray for you. I'm not going to point you out. Just as that sign of saying, God, I want to know you. Come into my life. If that's you this morning, would you do that? Awesome. Fantastic. I'll just give one more moment. Come on, there's people in this room praying for you right now. It's fantastic. Fantastic. That's great. Church, what do you pray with these people for me? So Father, I thank you that you're revealing yourself to your kids. Lord, I pray that as they draw closer to you, you will reveal more about who you are and who you created them to be as well. Lord, I pray that they're, they're being transformed. Lord, I know that they're forgiven, that they are a new creation. And Lord, and that you're helping them turn into more into your likeness and, and who you created them to be. Lord, help them step into the freedom that you, you died for them to have. Lord, find the purpose that, that you put on their life that they can make a difference. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening to the Highlands Message Podcast. We hope you feel encouraged to take these words with you to know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, and to make a difference. If you feel moved by today's message and want to connect with us, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach us at highlands.au on Facebook or Instagram or head to the highlandschurch.org.au website for more resources and information. Be sure to follow the Highlands Message Podcast on your preferred platform to stay up to date with our latest message. We hope to see you in person soon.